Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep, and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things and for a limited time you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code magic for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. Okay, this is pretty awesome. So if you are into science-backed products when it comes to your health, your gut health, but also woman-owned products, I must introduce you to Equilibria. I'm so thankful I discovered them this year. I mean, Equilibria, they help you take on your wellness journey knowing that you have a dedicated one-on-one -on -one support to help you achieve your goals. So it's not like you're just taking a pill mindlessly. You actually get one-on-one -on -one support. That's awesome. And their signature product, which is EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense, it comes in a convenient three-in-one capsule form. And so this is specifically formulated to bolster digestive health and fortify gut barrier protection, among other benefits. And we know that a balanced gut not only enhances our immunity, but also contributes to our overall mental well-being and our quality of sleep, of course, having efficient digestion and even radiant skin. But what distinguishes Equilibria's probiotic supplement is its meticulous selection, which is tailored to women's health needs. And of course, like I said, science-backed, and they're also ensuring affordability without compromising potency. And as someone who once struggled pretty severely with gut health issues for years, I intensified my focus on gut health in I'd say around 2020 and I'm thrilled to have recently discovered these products this year as of course they're backed by research for women's well-being they're women-owned and they support overall microbiome health warding off harmful bacteria and enhancing our nutrient absorption so head to myeq.com and use code magic for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more that's myeq.com and use code magic at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. You know, we embody all of these 64 gene keys. We have all of these dynamics at play within our bodies, but these 11 are going to be particularly prominent 
in the course of your life and in the course of your own personal evolution to help you step into who you're here to be. What was fascinating was one when I discovered one of the keys is called your radiance gene key and it's all about the dynamic that's going to either undermine your health or really empower you to be at your healthiest. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Jaima. Jaima Yomis. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a soul expanding and mind altering podcast. I realize I need to take a deep breath, so if you want to join me, let's calm our nervous system a moment and ground ourselves by taking a deep inhale through the nostrils. And exhale out through the mouth. Again, thank you for joining me today. There's so much to include in this intro, along with having a nearly two hour podcast. So I hope that you're on a long walk, a long hike, a long drive to enjoy this very special episode, especially if you love human design or astrology or even other typology systems like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram, then perhaps you'll likely geek out over this episode too in my convo with Chrissy Papetti, a self-mastery mentor, a success coach or mindset coach, and a speaker whose expertise are deeply informed in the Gene Keys. By the way, if you're not aware of what the Gene Keys are, I will give Chrissy the floor in this episode to explain that to you, but I'll summarize it really fast. So there was this mystic, Richard Rudd, there is this mystic, he's still alive, discovered the Gene Keys around the age of 29 online, and he experienced some strange energies rushing through his body, he says, culminating in a major spiritual experience, which emerged what he calls a field of limitless light that lasted three days and three nights, and he was entrusted with a sacred teaching which was the wisdom of the gene keys. And so each gene key in your profile is a portal of transformation that can be activated through the power of contemplation. And for the skeptics out there, I understand. I was like, huh, with that too. But then of course, when Chrissy explains it, there was something for me personally that just felt like, okay, perhaps this is something that I really can explore. And when she read me, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely something I can explore. And like astrology and human design that cement your sign or your type based on whatever date and time you were born, you can also find out your gene key knowing your birth date and time by going to genekeys.com to get your profile, your free profile, and help guide you to a deeper understanding of yourself and your true potential. And so in this episode, Chrissy and I explore what the Gene Keys are, why they're significant for your life's path and unlocking your DNA and uncovering your shadows. Of course, her story 
and she also gives me a reading during the last half of the show to dive deeper into my specific gene keys, which was a very generous offering that I so deeply appreciate, and her and I have so much in common when it comes to our charts. No wonder I felt so connected with her. You'll definitely be able to hear and feel her warmth. She's an amazing woman with a capital W that is really here to help us reach our highest potential, and I can feel her genuine spirit throughout the podcast. I I know you'll probably connect with her too because she's such a wonderful human, a wonderful being, humalian, whatever you call people these days. Anyway, so I hope that you enjoy this episode. Also, this episode is sponsored by some new amazing sponsors. One happens to be a toilet paper. Yeah, but this toilet paper is on a mission to end deforestation and it's called Cloud Paper. I love the name. So you're going to love this one as it's 100% bamboo since, you know, bamboo is one of the fastest growing plants in the world. And so you'll hear more about it, of course, in the ad read and the discount and everything. But I just, I feel that this product is an absolute must. So it was an immediate yes to have them on the show along with, of course, Grammarly, which I've been using since college. As a writer, it's definitely necessary, even as a non-writer writing emails or whatever. I feel like Grammarly is a must. And then there's Newcom, also amazing and holds the only patent in the world for balancing and maintaining the health of the human autonomic nervous system without drugs. And of course, my beloved favorite makeup company in the world, Thrive Cosmetics, a vegan toxic, cruelty-free, oh, I'm sorry, it's not toxic, it's toxic-free and (laughs) cruelty-free cosmetic company with a cause. So more on all the above throughout the episode. I love all the sponsors. They're amazing and I'm just so thankful. I know that that's a lot jam-packed into one episode, which is very unusual and rarely going to happen, to be honest. So bear with me and I appreciate you for checking them out as, of course, they help continue this podcast. And starting next week, March 4th, will be my very first exclusive content episodes where I get deeply personal and I'll also be taking your questions on their monthly, having some combos with you. So if you're interested, keep an eye out on your podcasting platform next week to opt out, to opt out, to opt in for the exclusive content. Oh, and I have to add that it is $4 a month, US dollars. <laughs> There's so much there, but I have an inkling of a feeling it will be therapeutic and probably tearful and cheerful and silly and perhaps even chillful. So we'll see. Always soulful though. Always, always soulful. My midheaven in astrology is a Pisces. And so there's going to be soul. <laughs> Happy Pisces season, by the way. Aside from Leo and Cancer season, I would say that perhaps Pisces season is my next fave. (laughs) Though, you know, it it can be a little emotional. It just feels good. It feels like I've released so much energetic weight that, you know, honestly, Pisces season is always a little freeing and liberating for my spirit. So I'm so happy it's Pisces season. I highly recommend you journal how you're feeling throughout Pisces season and every season. And maybe in time you'll see a pattern every season 
something that is very cool to be keenly aware of and explore for yourself. Oh my gosh, I swear, I've never felt so uh, promoty. So that was a lot. That was a lot. And I thank you for bearing with me. But I believe it is time. Let's let's get into the show and unlock our gene key DNA and simply more what I find to be grounded spiritual exploration. <laughs> all right. With all of that being said, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Chrissy Papetti. awesome I'm so thank you for being so open yes so I'm so curious I'd love to hear a little bit at least about gene keys before we do my reading and then we can dive deeper perfect so I love starting out talking about the gene keys especially you know when people know about the human design system I love bridging the gap between how they're similar because I think that just helps to kind of ground the system into what we're familiar with in the spiritual world so you're familiar with human design you've had yes. guest experts on the podcast so you know human design is seen as a system that tells you about how you're wired to operate mm-hmm. how you are uniquely you know wired to use your energy you know and interact with the world around you yes, that's exactly why I love love human design and why I wanted to learn more about Gene Keys because I know that it's a branch off of human design and I already deeply resonate with my design. I'm a projector. I also just love typology, like many different typology systems. Like I love Myers-Briggs. I'm an INFP in Myers-Briggs and I, I feel like I'm the epitome of an INFP sometimes. So yeah, this will be fun to explore. Yes. I love that. I love that. I, I feel the same, actually. I think those two systems go in really cool depth and it's nice because Myers-Briggs is more of, you know, it comes up with your profile based on human behavior data, which is interesting because it shows how we're all unique, but also similar. And then human design takes that that step further to get even more specific and personalized, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm also an INFP and I <gasps> really, yeah, yeah. Oh my <laughs> I feel like it's a special breed and I feel like when we know and meet each other, we get it. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. And I feel like, okay, I could just be me cause you're going to be so compassionate and sensitive to my feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I absolutely love. And I actually took a survey on my Insta story once just to see what other people were their Myers-Briggs. A lot of NF types, mostly NF, a couple T's, which I thought was interesting. I didn't, I think I saw one S and I was like, okay, this makes sense. (laughs) But a lot of INFP, INFJ, ENFP, Mm -hmm. ENFJ, and then a couple TJs, which is interesting, like a handful of. So cool. I, I love all this stuff and how we interconnect and yeah, you know, our people, <laughs> which is the beautiful side of social media. Love that. So, so yeah, I, I think human design just really gives you that really detailed look of how you work. And then Gene Keys is like a sister system, which says, okay, cool. This is how you operate. Well, this is the spectrum of consciousness that your design can um, operate on. So either you can be in this shadow victim fear based like frequency, or you can rise to this higher, more, um, you know, like intuitive, higher expression, pure, like truth sense of who you are. And so it kind of takes that, you know, design and shows you how it can be expressed, um, in different ways. 
So I think it's helpful because I, I don't know how like familiar or how interested you are in shadow work, but I think it's some of the most important work that we can do on our spiritual 1, journey. Yeah. <laughs> it is our spiritual part of our yeah, spiritual yes. journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, I think it's fairly, I would venture to say it's fairly incomplete <laughs> if you're not doing shadow work. Um, and so I love the way that the gene keys, you know, kind of takes its own spin on looking at your shadows, looking at the darker side of, you know, what your design, how your design can be expressed. And then also show you that through those shadows, through, um, those darker like pieces and items, I guess you could say, um, it's, it's really a portal to that higher expression. It's a portal to a higher sense of self. And so, yeah, I love just kind of bridging that first, but I would love to dig and dive deep into the system. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I wanted to just learn from you directly. So I didn't really dive too deeply into it. I listened to you on some things, but I really just want to be surprised. So I know it has a lot to do with the shadow, but yeah, I really just wanted to be surprised. Exactly. Yeah. If you have any questions, like feel free to throw them out okay. along. Um, but really, I mean, Richard Rudd founded the Gene Keys and he actually came out of the human design system. That's why they're so closely related because he, you know, grew his expertise in human design. He was largely influential in bringing it over to the UK. And then he started to realize that and had you know his own experience of realizing that there's more to the story, there's more to add to this understanding of ourselves. And so the Gene Keys is based on this premise that our DNA is like a code and you can unlock your higher potential with using the language of this system. Literally, we know how powerful awareness and insight is alone. And so if you can see something in a new way, if you can actually give language to what you're already experiencing in yourself, it can unlock higher frequencies or it can release lower frequencies. So you can step into more of like a truthful version of who you are. People can recognize that they're living in a pattern, you know, potentially, or they can sense if like they're looping the same sort of like things over and over again. But if you don't if you can't spot it and you can't give language to it, it's hard to really grasp what you're experiencing yourself. And so, you know, what's really cool. And yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, you know, self-discovery or sorry, um, the Gene Keys is a self-discovery system. It, it's to just know yeah. and understand yourself on a deeper level and really similar to human design. You have to put in your exact birth information, time, location to get um, an understanding of what your personalized hologenetic profile is. And it's based on like human design ancient wisdom and modern science. So it ties in the Chinese I Ching and then it ties in like quantum physics and epigenetics to basically create a system that gives you an understanding of how you work. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Especially it seems like such an intricate system and it will really help us identify these shadows. But I realized before we do my reading and before we dive deeper into the gene keys, we've got to learn about you. I'm curious, how did you get into, I'd love to hear your story and how you got into this work. So yeah, I, it's so, oh, it's always so hard to condense your life story into such a small chunk. Put it shortly. Your time. I, we've got time. <laughs> we got time. I, I grew up in a Northeastern suburb, suburb in New Jersey. And really what's really key to know about my upbringing was just that I was, I danced my whole life. And so it was sort of my identity. It was what I did all of the time. It was something that was super important to me. And so when it came time to make that really big life decision of what to do when it comes to college and that next step beyond high school, I was like, well, I'm a dancer and I know how to dance. So I'm going to keep following that passion. So I went to school for dance. I was on the dance team at my college and 
basically it was, it was just an all encompassing identity of who I was. And about halfway through my collegiate career, um, I was in a class, I'll never forget it. And I like threw my leg up in the air and I just like felt this pop in my hip. And I was like, that wasn't good. (laughs) Oh my God. Ah, okay. Ah, Yeah. And it was like, I could walk it off. Like it wasn't, the pain wasn't so bad, but I was like, something definitely was wrong about what just happened. And so kind of shook it off. Um, you know, days turned into weeks where I just was like, oh, it's not a big deal. And I was just kind of rehabbing it on my own, but like any good dancer, or any good athlete does, I just kind of ignored the pain and kept pushing. And basically weeks turned into months, turned into two full years, of the remaining of my college experience where I just danced through terrible pain, um, in my hip. And I just, it became a whole battle of like, do I choose my health and my physical well-being, or do I choose, you know, who I believe I am and, you know, what I feel passionate and what I love to do. Um, And so I chose, of course, just like sticking to that, because I think what, you know, if you're in the personal development world, or if you've, you know, explored self-development, we know how important that self-image is to our Mm -hmm. ego, to, you know, our entire understanding of our identity. And so it's so threatening to like, Apart from that, but you'll Absolutely. usually endure so much pain um, to avoid having to like, you know, confront that. So I went through the rest of my college career with the, the pain, but then finally when I was um, leaving and graduating and I went to go to grad school, I was like, all right, now is my time to figure this out. And I went and had surgery and I was like, great, I'm going to be able to go back to who I was. Thank gosh. And I went and had a uh, surgery on my hip. And again, weeks turn into months, turn into four years of trying to rehab from chronic pain in my hip and that that went into my back and it just became this whole entire situation and I was like wow I am a young to mid 20 year old with chronic pain like how did I get here and what do I do so that was basically the catalyst that fueled my own self-awakening and made me have to start to ask the bigger questions about okay well if I'm not a dancer then who am I Um, if I can't move my body every day, all the time, like, then what do I do? And I just had to navigate, um, that really difficult time, which I feel like so many people can relate to. I'm sure you can too, of just being like asking those, those questions. I'm going through that right now. So yeah, (laughs) like it never ends. It never ends. There's, there's patterns of it, you know, like where it's, I'm so clear. And then I'm having another shadow moment, a phase, a season and, it's interesting to share about it, but you have to remember that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's so hard because I think oftentimes we do have to experience enlightenment through pain. It doesn't always have to be that way, but oftentimes we have to hit that rock bottom or that really big challenge in order for us to kind of be shaken awake to be like, okay, now I'm willing to explore another side of this. And so what happened was I went through this whole chronic pain journey. And the thing is is that although I was asking these questions and I was starting to shift, really, I had to go through almost like another rock bottom moment to finally, like finally, finally shift. So I was, I graduated from grad school as an occupational therapist. I entered the workforce. Yeah. I entered the workforce. I was working on, um, a brain trauma unit. I'm helping adults post stroke and, um, 
you know, brain related, um, injuries. Yeah. It was really intense. And okay. I have to say this, I have to interject because I'm always so honored to have people that actually go out into the field and have done extensive work when it comes to just helping humans. And I always feel like we can learn things from a book or just from listening to people on podcasts, but man, I always honor and respect those who actually had to step in and, be with humans in order to integrate this information, you know, like, so I want to honor you for that. That's amazing. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I think sometimes I, because my life has taken such a turn, even since then it's, it's sometimes interesting to go back and remember that, you know, you needed that. Yeah. It was so important. It's such special work. It's so honoring to help people in that state. And and um, so, yeah, it was such an important piece of, of my journey, but it's also so rewarding to get to work with people in that setting. So, yeah, so, I, I helped, um, you know, people recover from brain injuries and basically wow. it was both an emotionally demanding setting, as you can imagine, just with like the demand of helping people through something so difficult, but it was also extremely physically demanding. So these were like mm-hmm. adults who oftentimes could not move one, if not many parts of their bodies. And so um, what happened is one day I, you know, was at work and I felt something twinge in my chest and it freaked me out. Like I almost thought it was like a heart related thing. So I like ran over to the ER, which thankfully I was in a hospital. So it wasn't that far away and um, (laughs) thought something was going on, but really I like cracked a part of my like cartilage in my rib. And the reason I share this detail is just because it was such a weird and obscure enough injury that's hard enough to heal that I was out of work then for three months. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I was out of work for three months. And I just say this because this was like the biggest blessing that I've ever had in my entire life, because up until that point, I had never stopped. Like I never paused. Oh, I've <laughs> No. And I just, it was, it was the first time where I had like nothing to do, nowhere to be, nothing to learn, like nothing to consume my mind with. And those three months were where I just had a total, um, heart to heart with myself where I was like, I am miserable. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I am postponing my life because I'm still looking outside of myself everywhere for answers to fix my pain and to get to where I want to be and get my life back on track and nothing's working. I'm telling you, I tried cortisone injections, um, marking injections. I did physical therapy, acupuncture, acupressure, like, you know, cupping, like everything you could possibly try. Nothing helped me heal my pain. It was insane. And so I was just like, a, you know, at this moment where I was like, okay, I've tried everything in my power to look outside of me for answers. Maybe it's finally time to look inside. And it was actually precipitated by my mom being like, so lovingly, she turns to me and was like, maybe this is in your head. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. I was like, you know, maybe don't try and tell me that my pain is all in my head, but okay. I see what you're (laughs) trying to say. I know, but moms know. It's so interesting how moms know. And it's like, I don't want to hear this right now. (laughs) but they they always know oh oh my gosh I feel that so deeply it's not even funny (laughs) yes 
Yeah, I was, I was so resistant. And and so I went, mm-hmm. you know, to bed that night and I was like, okay, maybe there's something there. So I proceeded to do the one thing I hadn't tried yet, which is actually talk to somebody about what I was going through to actually look inward at what I was experiencing rather than trying to find medication or solutions or, you know, healing remedies. And so that was the beginning of the next chapter of my life. I mean, I thankfully had such an incredible therapist who opened my eyes to my internal, you know, belief structure, like the thoughts that I was reinforcing that weren't truth, right? You just, it just, you open up, it's like the matrix. You open up this whole world of being like, oh, I didn't realize that I have beliefs that work this way and that they influence how my body feels and that there's such a, there's a thing called the mind body connection. And it's, it's crazy because I went through OT school, like, which taught me so much about the mind and so much about the body, but I didn't get as much of that, you know, interconnection where it all kind of bridges together. Wow. Wow. We have a new special sponsor, Grammarly who, by the way, I sought out because I've been using Grammarly since my college days. Remember, I graduated back in 2014. It has been a huge tool in helping me write emails and back in the day, college essays more effectively. But today, it not only still helps me out with emails, but also, and this is a big one, but my book that I'm currently writing, I'm working with a publisher, but no, I'm not setting a deadline. I'm not good with deadlines. However, I do feel more confident with my writing and I really do want to give partial credit to Grammarly. And this is genuine. I know that they're my sponsor, but I genuinely want to give partial credit to Grammarly for helping me become a better writer. They catch many spelling mistakes and redundancies in what I <laughs> tend to write. I need a tool like this for communication now too. Anyway, Grammarly Premium is my absolute favorite as it gives you real-time feedback and insights to help you elevate your writing through tone, word choice, clarity, and so much more. Yeah, word choice. So it will suggest another word option for you that might be more effective. Absolutely amazing. That way we can avoid overused words and cut out the bland words, the boring words, spice things up a little bit, which I deeply appreciate. Plus it has clarity suggestions. So this is a feature that makes your sentences clearer and more concise and more crisp by cutting out the noise, the unnecessary words that we often use. And I know for a fact I have a handful of words that I overuse. You probably hear these handful of words in the podcast. So again, I cannot recommend this tool enough. I wanted to have Grammarly as a sponsor because I've been using it for eight years. Wow, that is a long time. Okay, so I've been using Grammarly for quite a minute and now I'm so happy to offer you 20% off Grammarly Premium when you go to grammarly.com magic. So elevate your writing with Grammarly Premium at grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash magic. That's the URL, grammarly.com magic for 20% off your purchase and help build your skill as a writer. I could see that they probably tried to teach the connection between the two, but since, I mean, there's a plethora of information, it might be really hard to fully comprehend or take it all in, integrate it 
together. And so, yeah, but regardless, you still had the information, you still had the knowledge of both and uh, an extensive knowledge of both. And that's amazing. Yeah, no, totally. Basically, I was set up to really like them be able to integrate that information so much more quickly because I kind of understood so much about the mind and body at that point. Um, And you're right. I think for all I know, there was, you know, something really important that I learned in my education about the mind body connection, but also too, when you don't go through it yourself or you don't really see the way it connects to you, sometimes you don't even realize that you're, you know, being hit with information that could help you, but you just can't even see it. You know, the universe is like, all right, now it's time to embody it. Yes. Stay in bed for a bit. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So so yeah, so during that moment, um, you know, I just began to learn. I, I read some of Dr. John Sarno's work, which is all about how so much of the pain or chronic pain that we experience in our bodies has to do with our emotions, like mm. emotional suppression and repression mm. and how much it's all interconnected. And so that just sparked my entire fascination with exploring that not only for myself, but just, I was so intrigued by it all in general. And that just prompted me to start following a whole different path of being like, okay, I'm going to continue to work as an OT, but I feel like there's something more I want to do with this. There's something more I want to follow here. And I'm not sure what that is yet. And so that whole year or, you know, remainder of the year, I should say, cause it was about like April at this time was just me sort of integrating all of this, but also feeling really jazzed up with like a newfound sense of purpose about understanding this and maybe empowering other people with it too. And in the process, I was able to heal my chronic pain without any other intervention. I was able to start my own business and start working as a coach and a guide to help people through what I had been through. And it just, everything just shifted and turned in my life. And so that was sort of the precipice of what really threw me into this work. And then, so on my continued self-awakening and self-evolution journey, I started to come across things like human design and the concept of self-discovery. And that's what led me to the gene keys. And so it was this very natural flow of like getting to know myself better. Oh my gosh. That's so great. All of it. It's so interesting how the universe in this moment, some people are listening and they're going through a really dark period and they just don't understand why. And like your mama said, perhaps a lot of it's in your head. So it's so beautiful to be able to have the opportunity to have these experiences. And maybe when you go out and work with people, you can like see more clearly what it is, what one of your many purposes are, but you know, there's some, there's so much power and also just serving others that helps you see, gives you meaning. And then that leads you on to other discoveries, like you said, human design and gene keys. So there's so much light that we don't see in our dark moments for sure. Yeah, no, thank you. I I completely agree. And yeah, I think um, it's so interesting because I attribute that sense of purpose to serve others through what I was going through. I attribute that so much to why I healed because sometimes when you get, when you disconnect so much from your own, you know, just narrow focus and experience on yourself, it helps, it it literally changes your chemistry, right? And so Mm -hmm. finally my brain stopped sending threat signals to my hip and my back because it was like, oh, there's nothing to feel like there's a threat anymore, you know? (laughs) Super wild. (laughs) I've got another unique biohacking and mindfulness tool to share that 
I've been rather curious about, and I'll share my story of how I was initially introduced to Newcom. So, last March in Sedona, right before the Euro Magic Retreat, my co-retreat host Bree and I were making friends with a stranger and talking to a woman while we were eating, and I noticed she had these blue and silver sticker light things laid out on the table, and I saw the word calm on it, so I was just curious, like, what in the world is this? And she told me that it's something she uses to help with stress and meditation and I just laughed to myself thinking like how Sedona this was <laughs> but my curious nature could not help but feel inclined to do some research and find out more about what these sticker-like things do. <laughs> I feel very blessed right now to have Newcom as a Euro Magic sponsor to share their magic for those who love to use tools like this as well or may resist meditation for whatever personal reason. And so Newcom, spelled N-U-C-A-L-M, is a neuroscience technology originally created to support people with post-traumatic stress disorder and addictive diseases. And Newcom addresses the brain circuitry in the limbic system, the hypothalamus, and the brainstem responsible for producing stress and anxiety. And Newcom gets you into a deep transcendental meditation state so no matter if you're just starting your mindfulness practice or you have been practicing meditation for years now Newcom will allow you to make the most of your mindfulness sessions the Newcom system uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive and non-pharmaceutical items and of course I have to share my experience so personally as a seasoned meditator I want to say a I appreciate the fact that for well as of January 18th when this episode releases Newcom offers listeners 50% off which it's usually $60 for the month but it's 50% off, so for $30, you can receive the new Calm equipment, a plushie, blindfold, and their technology, which you place on your wrists. And I've done a variety of different meditations, usually without any equipment whatsoever. Again, full honest review. Of course, I feel like we can all get to those meditative states on our own. However, I'm also aware that not everybody is as extreme so this may be beneficial to those that might find resistance with meditation because it really does accelerate the amount of time it takes to deepen to that state decelerating your brain waves from beta frequencies to a more alpha and theta frequency where we allow our body to rest and heal and recover. I do appreciate that Newcom is gifting the Your Own Magic listeners 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom. So if this interests you, then we have a special link set up for the Yomis. We have a special link set up specifically for you. Go to magicnewcom.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom and their money back guarantee. The URL again is magic, you know how to spell magic, magic n-u-c-a-l-m dot com. That's magic n-u-c-a-l-m dot com. And enjoy the new experience.
So then when it comes to human design, before we get into my reading, I'm just curious um, if we can elaborate more on the differences between the two and why one might go to jinkies over human design. Yeah, let's go through it. So human design is a self-discovery system that yep. really helps you understand how you are wired to operate and function in the world um, and use your energy in a way that's going to provide you with the most flow and the least amount of resistance. So you can you know, live in alignment with who you really are. And I think one of the coolest things about uh, human design too, is that it's really about deconditioning from who you told or who, who you were told you were and who you grew up thinking you were. So you can get back to that pure sense of self. And Gene Keys That's is like a sister system that really just um, empowers you to say, okay, cool. This is your design from human design. Well, Gene Keys shows you the spectrum of consciousness from like a low frequency to a high frequency that your design can operate in because we all operate within the shadow and the light sides of our being, right? Based on our experiences or our thoughts and beliefs. And so, um, you know, Jinkies gives a language to those patterns that you experience that try to keep right. you stuck or playing small and gives you a roadmap to how to actually unlock those higher frequencies where you feel empowered and in a more, a true and higher sense of self. Wow. Okay. So then what, if you don't mind sharing, what did you find when you started to discover gene keys within yourself and your spectrum? If you don't mind, if you don't mind sharing. No, I have so much to say on this. So I'll, I'll give <laughs> a really powerful thing. So basically you'll find in your hologenetic profile, which is based off of your exact birth information, time and location, uh, you get a hologenetic profile of 11 different gene keys. And so there are 64 different gene keys in the entire system. And mm -hmm. Uh, you get 11 in your profile. Now, as Richard Rudd, the founder says, you know, we embody all of these 64 gene keys. We have all of these dynamics at play within our bodies, but these 11 are going to be particularly prominent in the course of your life and in the course of your own personal evolution to help you step into who you're here to be. What was fascinating was one, when I discovered one of the keys is called your radiance gene key. And it's all about the dynamic that's mm -hmm. going to either undermine your health or really um. empower you to be at, at your healthiest. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> tell you about yours. This one was really powerful for me because it was the 34th gene key, which is the shadow of force and the gift of strength. And basically the shadow is that lower frequency that's usually um, actually always, um, you know, founded in fear. It's more of like a victim oriented approach. It's more um, that lower vibe. And then the gift is basically what's hidden within that shadow. It, it's, it's the higher expression. It's what, it, it's what the force is trying to, you know, show me. So basically mm -hmm. this one was fascinating because this gene key is all about the fact that, um, you know, when we're at our shadow level, we don't trust in the timing of life. We don't trust in our life experience or in the present moment. We're trying to force what we need to do or where we need to go or how something needs to be based on the mental constructs that we create in our mind, right? Yeah. We set arbitrary expectations or, um, you know, factors to things that are just coming from con our conditioned mind yeah. or from fear. Mm -hmm. And so, when we give into that and we try to force our way through life with that, we're going to come up against resistance. We're going to come up against struggle and challenge. And so the higher expression, what this force is trying to teach us and was trying is trying to teach me and my profile is that nothing is stronger than actually surrendering and trusting in the own timing of 
your life. Um, mm. Nothing is stronger than actually taking a step back and saying, I'm not going to force this based on what I think I need to do. I'm just going to follow. And this is where human design comes in so well, but I'm going to follow my strategy. I'm going to follow my authority. I'm going to follow those things that are going to help me align. And mm. then I just will trust that it will take me to where I need to go. And what, and the cool thing about like seeing somebody who's embodying this gift of strength is they tend to be like super gracefully moving through their life. They're people who you can just tell mm. are in alignment. They trust. There's no push or force yes. or over masculine energy. It's that balance between the masculine and the feminine. And, um, I just so saw how, like in my life, I was spending so much time in that force energy because I was thinking I needed to be somewhere. Um, That's what the force is. I was curious what this particular force meant. Okay. So, so the, this particular force means the masculine energy, the hustle mentality, the very cerebral living versus grounding within. Is that what that force means? Yeah. Yes, totally. And just to clarify, which might be more helpful too, to understand is that every one of these 64 gene keys has three different levels of consciousness, like I was explaining before. So basically this 34th gene key has a shadow, it has a gift Mm -hmm. and it has Mm -hmm. a city S I D D H I basically your shadow is that challenge that you're going to be experiencing and gives a name to the pattern that you're likely already going through. Um, Mm -hmm. the gift is that field of transformation. It's the place you step into where things just start to change and you start to embody that truer sense of self. And you you know, it's really where, um, you actually start to settle in to your pure sense of self. And then the city is that highest frequency of expression, which is really, you know, your purest essence. You're so, it's really where we're aspiring all to go, but it's a little bit like otherworldly almost because it's just, Mm -hmm. you're so detached from fear. You're so detached from the, like, you know, the trivialness, I think of the human experience that you are just so embodied. And that's of course, like that higher, higher, higher expression. So when I talk about the gene keys and today, when we talk about yours, I just talk about the shadow and the gift, because as long as you see that shadow playing its part and you know, what's on the other side of that, that already is going to be so much to contemplate, to embody that you can almost See those CD later. later. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I love that. And it's, it reminds me of, do you know the word Samadhi? It basically means a very liberated self. You are enlightened. You're at your highest. You're, it's like living in heaven on earth at all times. It's, you know, maybe Eckhart Tolle is somebody that embodies Samadhi or Byron Katie embodies Samadhi. I only learned this during the meditation teacher trainings. And I feel like CD is basically what that means and there are humans very rare but there are humans that definitely walk this samadhi the cd absolutely yep we totally have people who are stepping into and accessing that that higher expression and they are those guides a lot of the time for us to to do so so it's so important that if you do dive into the gene keys to explore all three of these levels but usually when i like to talk about it in this context or just introduce people to their keys it's a little bit easier to stay in that sort of shadow and gift um level. I think that's perfect yeah, yeah exactly exactly another thing as well I want to say is I think the CD does just happen organically it's not something you want to chase because that would be the ego wanting to chase it like I've let go of this idea that I have to be enlightened in this life mm. I just recognize so well I'm human yeah and I'm I'm human I'm here to be human if it happens it happens but I'm not trying to chase it anymore I'm just being 
authentically, honestly, me and my human and loving her as is even when she has her shadow seasons, like right now, which I always see that they're like, we talked about before there's light in it. So I think that really is all you really need to focus on. Like you said, the shadow and the gifts. I absolutely love that. Oh, it's so well said. And and that is such like you, you're spot on, you know, when, when you embody the city, it's not because you're trying to, it's because it's like a natural flowering and blossoming. Yeah. Of, of who you are. So it's something to, it's nice to know, but it's not something you're like, and really none of this is like super action oriented. It's just more like the more you can give language to what you're experiencing, the easier it is to release or transmute these shadows or these lower frequencies into who you really are, which are those higher expressions. Beautifully said. Uh, Yeah. So just to rewind the tapes to go back for a second. So yes, that, that shadow of force, which is inherent in all of us, but was in my profile, um, helped me understand that when I am experiencing force, when I see that playing out in my life, I know that I am tapping into a fear-based lower frequency that's going to eat away at my health. It's going to, um, you know, prevent me from even getting to where I want to be because it's just my mind thinking that's actually helping me, but it's not. And so it was able to put like a theme or a category to what I was going through. And then it showed me, Hey, anytime you are experiencing force or you're noticing force within you, it's trying to point you in the direction of strength, like try to embody or not try to like contemplate on what does it mean to actually embody the strength it takes to surrender here, embody the strength it takes to actually just trust that you're going to be guided when you just follow that next step, follow the next breadcrumb. And so that's the way now I view that dynamic playing out in my life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So basically your overall theme, if you were to choose one word, it would probably be surrender whenever something comes up. I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. (laughs) And so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them we've had problems in the past with the link but the link does work now refresh your everyday look with thrive cosmetics luxury beauty that gives back right now you can get an exclusive 10 percent off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic that's thrive cosmetics c-a-u-s-e-m-e-t-i-c-s dot com slash magic for 10 percent off your first order
we're all different. We all have our different unique paths and journeys. But for me personally, sometimes I feel like I need a little bit of force or two uh, <laughs> step into. I mean, you've probably seen the Jinky. So I don't know. I don't know what mine says. I genuinely don't. But I feel like sometimes I have to. I need to integrate more of the cerebral, I guess, or just more of the force in the world, the masculine, if that makes sense. Sometimes I go through phases, I guess, where I'm too much detached or ungrounded. And so I'm really focused right now on just having a grounded approach to my reality and my paradigm. Mm, I so hear what you're saying. And you know, what's super interesting is like, you know, what you're talking about is probably less even force and just more of like intentional action or just like Mm, groundedness. Um, Whereas, you know, like force in this context is just really about that fear-oriented idea Mm. that like you need to control your life and it's like at the end of the day if we're really boiling it down control is an is is an illusion we can influence our life and we obviously play a role in our lives like very much so but trying to control every piece like we ultimately don't know where every decision is going to lead or or how things are going to shake out or what's going to come into our life so force is like trying to like almost manipulate that and, and have this okay. arrogance that you can override it when it's like not the case, you know? Totally understand it now in that context. Yeah. That undertone of fear, that's basically the entirety of it. Like if you ever have that undertone of fear, you're like, okay, I'm in a lower, lower state. Yes. And the fear is probably usually projected from outside sources and society's constructs and everything, most likely. Versus like just following the flow within you or just trusting your own. Okay. Okay. This is so interesting. Spot on. I'm, I'm loving, like, <laughs> I'm loving what you're saying because what's so great is that, yes, that is, if you can boil down all of the 64 shadows and all of the 64 gifts, every single shadow is a different variation of fear and a different variation of the mind's influence on our experience. So yes, it's always going to be coming from conditioning, mental constructs, societal, you know, pressures, like fear-based, you know, processes from our evolution. And then the gift is always going to be that pointing back to more of a feminine energy, body intelligence, intuition, surrendering. So it's going to be a different variation of that. They're just different words that have a a different nuance to that experience. Okay. I'm so excited to dive into this because that all makes sense. I do have one more question though that just came to mind. Do you feel as though this might be these shadows, whatever we find with our gene keys? I mean, gene is a key word in it. So do you think it's generational? Is it something hereditary or like ancestral wounds that I've carried from my mom who's in the other room or I've, you know, she's carried from her mom. You know what I mean? Um, I wonder if some of it is something that our family also feels mm-hmm. like perhaps they have. Oh, like, are you kind of asking, like, do they maybe have similar patterns or strains of what, what's yeah. Or, yeah. or is it just like uniquely for this human? No, no, it no. all depends. Okay. No, I love what you're saying. And it, it totally is connected. And so, um, you know, we as a soul or whatever you believe, like come through the vessel of our mom and of our parents for a reason. Right. And we, yeah. we, we know that we embody their genetics, you know, we're all interconnected in that way within our family line. And so what's really important and why, I love this system so much is that I I really love the scientific influence of epigenetics in this whole thing, which epigenetic, like the most simplified explanation of epigenetics really is this idea that our environment can change our genes. Like we're not actually 
just handed, oh, this is your genetic code. And like, that's what you have to deal with. And like, sorry, if you have this problem or sorry, if you have this disease embedded in there, like it's, it's not the case anymore. We know that the environment, meaning like not only outside of us, but the hormones we release and the environment, like in terms of nutrition and lifestyle, like every way that we're experiencing our internal environment plays a role in how our genetic code acts. And so Richard Rudd basically sees these keys as, um, you know, using this language and using this perception to be like, we can disregulate, not dysregulate, we can downregulate into the lower frequency at any time in our genetic code, or we can Mm -hmm. use our awareness and our understanding and our embodiment of these higher um, expressions to upregulate our genetic expression and be in the healthier, more radiant expression of who we are. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, it's going to always, like you said, when it comes to the environment, it always is going to depend on that as well. So to even be aware of your surroundings of your environment in that sense, sometimes it might be a little hard for some people, depending on where they are financially in the moment or whatever, but you know, like we can always do our best given the knowledge that this shares. So I love this. Oh, absolutely. And we know that, mm, a huge, I don't even know the stat at this point, but like a huge, huge number and portion of uh, like medical visits is attributed to stress-related and stress-induced disorder, dysfunctioning in the body, right? So we know that like, while yes, there's so many lifestyle factors that help to support health in general, um, our attitude, and this is what, you know, Richard Rudd talks about all the time, like our attitude has the power to shift the internal pharmaceuticals that we already have to heal inside and to, you know, be, um, you know, more healthful and more well people. And so we actually Mm -hmm. have, and this is like basically my whole entire premise of everything I teach is like, we have so much more power than we are led to believe and that we think we do. Yes, yes, yes. And so Gene Keys just like empowers you to take, take that back and to say like, okay, cool. Through my attitude alone, through my awareness and enlightenment alone, I literally have the power to change how I experience my life and how healthy and well I am in the process. Ooh, oh my gosh. I love this. <sighs> okay. This is what came to heart. So maybe we'll do the reading and then we can go over the other shadows and everything. And, but there's 64. So maybe just some of them, but yeah, well, what's cool is that, um, with t- just talking about, so we're talking about yours and, and doing the little reading that we have today. We're already going to get into four of the um, shadows and the gifts, which are, is going to be Perfect. a really incredible conversation. So um, we could take it from I there. Love, I love the flow of this. I'm just like pouring myself some coffee and getting ready <laughs> for my jinkies. And like that, I have, I put coffee in this thermos so I can keep it in here. And then I've got my creamer, which is this plant-based French vanilla super creamer Thank you so pre- so prepared so ready I know <laughs> I knew I was gonna need it I knew I was gonna need it all right I'm excited <laughs> I love how excited you are thank you for just bringing your openness to this conversation it always makes it so much more exciting to to dive into the system and, and thank you for take for being open to connecting for two hours it does require a lot of energy you know so this yeah. is way more valuable. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so here for this. And, <laughs> you know, as of this recording, this is the only and will likely be one of the only, if not the only, um, you know, episode with a reading like this in it. So I- I'm so excited to dive into this with you. <laughs> I am so honored. Are you kidding me, Chrissy? <laughs> just, you know, just for you. <laughs> wow. 
I okay I want to give you a hug right now that's thank you (laughs) yeah well and you know what's super exciting too and we're just about to jump into this like your two of your four uh gene keys are two of my four that I have as well in my main sequence and so I know them very intimately and so we're gonna get deep (laughs) <laughs> so we're both INFP. What's your human design, first of all? Very similar. I don't, I'm actually a manifesting generator. We both have emotional authorities, so we're similar in that. Oh too. yeah. You're a two four, I believe, and I am a mm-hmm. six two when it comes to the profile. So yeah, it's <laughs> diving into your profile, like human design, there is so much to learn, right? Like there are so many layers, and that's what makes it so personalized and so um like unique to you. And so like I said, there are 11 different gene keys in your overall profile. And the thing is, is that they're broken down into three different sequences that you journey on. So the first journey that you embark on in your gene keys profile is uh, what's called the activation sequence, which gives you a look into your individual genius. And so these are the four keys that we're going to talk about today. It's just four. And basically they show you about if you you know, these are the four challenges or the four shadows that are going to probably appear and really push you to rise to that next level of evolution. And um, these four gifts are going to be that expression of your genius. And this is why I love the word genius, because it it has that word gene in it. And so it's like only you can really express Mm -hmm. your genius, right? I noticed you wrote that down too. Your gene, G-E-N-E-I-U-S. Exactly. Taking, taking a little spin on, on the word. Yeah. <laughs> so your four gene keys um, are basically, I'm, I'm like, there's so much detail, but what I'll say is that these four gene keys, again, they show you your genius. And we're going to talk basically about the shadow and the gift of each. And basically the overall theme of that gene key that kind of gives a little bit of context to where maybe to look for it in your life or see how it's showing up for you. So let's dive into the first one. Are you ready? (laughs) Oh, I'm so ready. Perfect. So the first gene key is your life's work gene key. And so your life's work gene key for anyone out there is the gene key that is all about what you're here to do in life. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, what job you're going to have because there's actually a vocation gene key and that's a whole other topic um but this is more about like what did your soul come back here to do you know what is this higher expression that you were meant to transcend to that you were meant to embody because this is just it's it's like a hallmark of your experience in your life um so for you you have the shadow of half-heartedness and the gift of commitment this is the 29th gene key this is a, one that i have in my profile as well and what is super fascinating about this gene key we're going to kind of talk broadly and then make it a little bit more specific but this whole gene key is about like the power of commitment and basically as human beings, um, we can fall into a state of this shadow of half-heartedness whenever we align with things that are not necessarily correct for us, or we, you know, are allowing our mind to make us commit to things, either overcommit or mm-hmm. have a lack of commitment to things, which is always going to almost like just rob us of the beauty of like experiencing life because we're kind of either just be on the fringes or we're going to be pushing ourselves over the edge. I see you smiling though. (laughs) I actually really do have a problem with commitment with a lot of things. This is very interesting. 
there's a reason why I'm single. There's a reason, there's a lot of reasons for a lot of things and why I jump from topic to topic or interest to interest. So yeah, this is, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it's so fascinating, right? Because I have the exact same experience. We are very similar. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, the way I've sort of seen this play out is that, um, you know, commitment is something that we as humans seem to be so afraid of on, on some levels because we feel like it's either going to, um, like as if we can't get out of it, you know, or we can't like, you know, end something that we were committed to, but we need to start redefining what commitment means and understanding that there are cycles of commitment. So we, a cycle can be a day, a cycle can be, you know, three months or it can be three years or whatever, or a whole yeah. lifetime. But like, when you align and commit to something that's right for you, it has a natural cycle of when it starts and when it's at its peak and when it ends that we need to honor. And so if you find that you are no longer aligned with that, or the relationship no longer works for you, or the job was really empowering, but now it's not really aligning with where you, where you see yourself going to be okay with knowing when something comes to a natural end and we can therefore commit our energy to something else. And so mm. it's like a whole redefinition of what true commitment looks like. Um, yeah. but also starting like noticing when you are just having a lack of commitment in general or over committing or having sort of a, a challenge with that in general, if that makes Ooh, sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, to be okay with the natural ending of things, it takes time to like except though, especially when you feel like it served you for so long. Oh, totally. I mean, it's, it's hard. Like oftentimes we're even, we're willing to put ourselves through suffering as opposed to actually letting something end or mm -hmm. bringing something to a conclusion. And I think, um, it's, it's that whole belief that like, when you really listen to your intuition, you'll know when something's over versus when maybe something doesn't feel right, but you still need to just see it through or, yep. or wait, like timing is everything, right? Yes. And so it's like the art of, of navigating that, that is really inherent within this gene key. And I think what's really important to understand about half-heartedness is that it's present whenever you feel like you're not able to fully embrace or trust your decisions. Right. Anytime you feel like you're constantly worrying or second guessing yourself, or maybe, you know, um, feeling like that mental pressure, right. The mind's always involved in the shadow. So that mental yeah. pressure of like, I should do this, or I shouldn't do this. Um, any of that narrative is just like a little signal that the shadow is present and kind of pulling you out of your own natural process and timing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like it's a lot to take in. <laughs> this is all, this really does hit home for a variety of things. And I'm looking back at other experiences in my life where, yes, I've followed the natural cycle of the ending, but there were times when I just held on for a little too long till the universe was like, till the universe made me have to stay in bed for three months type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. And, that, and that's what's so cool about learning your gene keys is that you can look back and you can see, oh, I see how this was present during that time or how this played out. And it's mm -hmm. all just information um, to contemplate, to be aware of, to see, oh, wow, am I, am I repeating patterns? Am I just sort of going through it? Or am I actually uh, taking that lesson and just embodying a, a bit of a new normal? Um, and that's the thing I want to make so clear about the gene keys too, is like, it's an invitation to contemplate how this all plays out. It's not like, 
oh, if you're in your shadow, you're bad. And if you're in your gift, you're good. Like, you know, it, it's, it's not like that at all because we're humans and we're always going to yeah. fall back into our shadows. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you said this because we need to have a space of compassion for ourselves when we are also, to be honest, maybe we do need to, you know, sometimes revisit the shadow moments just to continue to learn lessons. Cause I'm like, man, if I, if my life was just vanilla or everything was perfect all the time, or I just felt that high, like I did, I had a long period of time when I did just feel a high and I didn't feel the darkness, but then it did end up creeping up because I think I was just suppressing it for so long and also resisting it because I was like, no, I'm spiritual and I'm happy and everything's rainbows and butterflies. And then I realized like, okay, maybe not. Like I got to actually integrate my shadow into my life. So I think that that is so key to know that it's okay to go through. In fact, it's not only okay, but it's helpful for your expansion as a human, as a soul. So yeah, I love that there's not a bad or a good in this. It's just like, this is what is, this is just what's going on. And you can bring awareness to it so you can learn a lesson. Exactly. And, and, and the fact that like your shadows are so, so, so necessary. These patterns that may be causing you pain are actually so necessary because they are the portals to our evolution. Like if we didn't have the, like, if we start to see our suffering as the soil and the breeding ground for our transcendence, for our, like, then we can actually just start to embrace it and befriend it rather than feeling such shame or guilt or a lack of compassion sometimes around this stuff. So yeah, just know that it's, it's entirely necessary. And I think falling back whenever you notice it coming back in, like if you start to notice your shadows creeping back up or being in one of those shadow seasons, Mm -hmm. even, you know, that it's like, oh, I'm being invited to to my next level of evolution right oh I'm being invited this is an opportunity it's an opportunity you didn't fail you didn't fail life I promise (laughs) yeah you're not taking steps back it's just like oh cool this is now showing up in a new way and I have another chance to rise when you said you're not taking steps back it just gave me an epiphany what if every time you revisit this it's only because you're turning a new chapter and learning a new lesson and just accelerating to another level whoa (laughs) (laughs) yes that's everything right there that is everything if we had a you know collective societal approach of viewing things that way I mean can you imagine the healing that would take place Mm. Mm. and definitely more compassionately and rapidly probably too yeah absolutely 100 percent yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. No, no big deal. Um, but yeah, I think there's so much um, invitation here. And so I, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Viktor Frankl, which is suffering ceases to become suffering the moment it finds meaning. Mm-hmm. And so if, I, yeah. if we take the gene keys and we, and we look at these shadows and we see the gift in them, that's giving our suffering meaning. It's saying, this is why you're going through that. It's to embody this because this is actually who you are. You are commitment. You are lightness. You are strength, whatever it is. Um, And we just forgot along the way, or we have our natural survival-based wiring in our nervous system that makes us forget that we are are above or beyond, you know, needing that. And so, yeah, it's an important message, I think. I think so too. Oh, that's beautiful. So that was the life. What'd you call it again? Life. Your life's work. Your life's Life's work. work. Okay. 
So similar yeah. to what you just said, it's going to be the theme that like is just always showing up in your life. Like you said, it's going to be, it's going to be there. It's probably going to be present in your relationships and your work. You know, it's going to be everywhere usually because it's that it's the thing and the theme of your life is to step into commitment. And the last thing I would just want to say on this commitment gene key in general is that it's actually, um, Richard Rudd calls, uh, this gift, like the business of luck. So he talks all the time about how when you actually do, like align and commit to something that's for you, that, that lights you up, that feels like not a nervous commitment or not a reluctant commitment, but actually this just profound, quiet, inner certainty when you commit and then you a hundred percent commit, um, luck starts to unfold. This is like the energetic of wow. love. So you're going to be some, like, you're going to see things magnetized to you. You're going to see things yeah. start to shake out and work out for you. And so I think that's the beauty of this key is that even if you're 99% committed, you're not, he's, he always says you might as well be 1% committed because even having wow. that like pinky toe out is going to keep you from fully and energetically giving yourself to what you Wow. Okay. Wow. I, that does a lot of times the, the phrase, like you don't half ass one thing or what is it again? Do you know what I'm talking about? Half ass two things, whole ass, but you should whole ass one thing for success or whatever. Or like luck is when opportunity meets preparation, mm-hmm. which is very, very true. And I think that applies for all humans, but I can see, and I could, I can feel like how maybe people with this certain gene key, if they just do commit 100% to that one thing and they just trust that it will happen because this is part of their gene key, this is part of their experience, then they'll thrive. So I think that that, that layer of like, okay, I trust this because it's part of the calling and I don't have any resistance to it. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, commitment is an invitation to trust in life because when you actually just give all of it, then you're saying it's that whole like idea of um, FOMO. I don't know if like in your journey, you felt that experience of being like, you don't really want to commit to this thing because you're like, but what if this one's actually the thing? And so Mm -hmm. then you're going through this mental ping pong, you know, with everything in my life, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) I completely relate. That's why we have the kinky. Yeah. It's, it's, it's because we're not fully trusting. We're saying, Oh, I don't really trust an option a. So now I'm going to think about trust. Um, option B, but I'm also not going to fully commit to option B because now I'm still thinking about A. And so it yeah. creates this crazy, you know, this crazy experience um, that is just pulling you out of the present moment and just giving you more resistance and turmoil rather than just yeah. being like, I'm fully giving myself to this because I know that even if along the way in three months, I find out it's not for me, it's okay. I can oh. be like, now it's over and I'm going to move on to the next thing, you know, and like, see what it taught you. so basically also we shouldn't have a side thing that we do for fun we just need to focus 100% on one thing no so I don't even want to like say that because yeah I think that can be the misconstruence of this as well sometimes is that this isn't about only be committed to one thing it's more like when you do give yourself to something and it can be multiple things at once but when you give yourself to them you want to make sure it's aligned before you commit your energy. And then once you do commit uh-huh. your energy, give it your all, because even if yeah. 
it ends up not being it, then you're going to walk away with something you learn from it. You can bring it to its natural mm-hmm. flows and then it's going to pivot you to that next best place that you're supposed to go. And if you trust in that, then you're not going to be causing yourself so much distress about constantly questioning or living half-heartedly in your decisions, which is like never a place that luck or prosperity breeds from. You know, right. and everybody has life's work. Yeah. Everyone has their own life's work with a different gene key. But what I will say again, is that like, we all embody all 64 of these gene keys. So if this conversation around half-heartedness and commitment speaks to you, then it, it probably is a dynamic that you feel strongly because it's, it's yeah. in all of us. <laughs> yeah. Every human has goes through this to some extent, but maybe it just, it's louder in some others than. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. more thematic. It's going to be more yeah. thematic in your life and my life versus somebody who doesn't necessarily have it. Like with Myers-Briggs, everybody's all of it. We're all like you and I are INFPs, but we still have the E, we still have the S, the T, the J, but it's just, we're more dominant with the INFP. And so, yeah, makes exactly. sense. Yeah. These are like more dominant gene keys, just like in the, in your human design profile, you have more dominant gates, like the ones that are like activated and have a, you know, black dot around them versus the yes. ones that are just dormant. Like those are your yes. more dominant. Dominant. Um, yep. Okay. Okay. What's the next one? Yeah. So the next one that is actually the life's work programming partner, meaning like that these two gene keys actually work hand in hand with each other and influence each other a lot is um, the 30th gene key. So you have the 29th and the 30th and the 30th gene key. um, This is your evolution gene key. And so this is all about, um, sorry, in your profile, it's in the evolution gene key spot, but for somebody it could be somewhere else. Something else. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So your evolution gene key is the 30th and your evolution gene key in general is just going to be the dynamic that is um, most important for what you're here to learn. So life's work was all about what you're here to do. And this one's all about what you're here to learn kind of again and again, which is why it's going to be another prevalent and prominent theme um, because it's, it works hand in hand with, with your life's work. So the 30th gene key is one of the juiciest of all the keys. It's very, um, it's very emotionally charged. And so, you know, I'll start with the words and we'll take it from there, but (laughs) the shadow is the shadow of desire and the gift is the gift of lightness. Mm. These words are a little bit less straightforward. Um, so to make it, you know, a little bit more down to earth, uh, the shadow of desire is really speaking to this unfulfilled like longing that we have whenever we have desire kind of pulling us to want something else. I mean, it is so human to desire, right? Desire Mm -hmm. makes us want to do something, want to have something, want to be something, right? It's always pulling us like from inward out. It gives us like a yearning or a longing for something outside of ourselves. Right. Absolutely. And there's nothing inherently bad with desire because it's, it's so human. Like it's the way that we are pushed to innovate that we're pushed to evolve, that we're pushed to create things. So it's actually a really great force. Um, But in the shadow context, it can be tricky because since it's something that is always present, it's never actually satiated. So what can happen is that we get, it's like that grass is always greener concept. It's Mm -hmm. like, Ooh, I want this. And then you get it. And then all of a sudden now you want this and then you get it. And then just being like pulled all over the place. You know what I mean? 1,000%. Oh, (laughs) 1,000%. One of the best questions to ask if this is a shadow of yours or if this is a key in your profile is, you know, asking yourself, like, what do I feel like I'm lacking? 
because mm-hmm. usually our desires are trying to pull us to fill some void that we feel like that we have and, and try to mm-hmm. kind of yearn us for something that we need. And in this shadow state, basically we're being controlled by that force. And in the gift state, we're controlling that force because okay. there's no getting rid of desire, right? Right. Like, we're not just going to stop desiring things. D- desire is actually, like I said, an, an evolutionary force. We need it. Um, yes. And it actually is something that we need for a couple of reasons. We need it to propel us, right, to actually discover or make or do things. But we also need it to make mistakes because then that's actually how we evolve. Uh, Absolutely. Desire, when people no longer have the desire, they honestly, that's probably the most depressing state. Or when they finally achieve it, I don't know what it's called again from a psychological perspective, but it's like when, for example, Biden might've had the most depressing day of his life when he was finally inaugurated, you know, because it's like, oh, I finally had this, you know, or Trump when he left office or when it's like, you finally had that thing you've been longing for forever, you know, now it's like, what's next. But then of course there's still things that they're tackling. So then they still have motives and I'm not even just talking about them. I'm just saying people in general, you know, yeah. It's like when you feel like you finally had it all or a lot of Oscar winners receive the Oscar and then they become super depressed because it's like, what now? Mm. You know, and so it's interesting how desire really does help with our happiness because it's like, okay, we have something to look forward to. But, but I can see how it's debilitating as well. Right, well, it, it's kind of like that classic, you know, outlook on goal setting where if we put so much of our happiness and worth into what we achieve, we know that whenever we get there, we're going to be disappointed, right? Yes. We're going to have maybe a Absolutely. fleeting, we might have a fleeting hit of happiness or something, but then it is just that it's fleeting because um, we wrapped up this expectation and desire in something that ultimately didn't give us what we thought it was going right. to give us. Absolutely. Um, so that's what desire does. It, it makes us think that these things that we want or need are exist outside of us. And so it kind of pulls us. Um, and the thing is, like I said, some desires are worth pursuing. Some is like, oh yeah, I, I, I do think if I follow or pursue this job, I will, I'll be more fulfilled. And we know that really it's because in the journey of being that or in the journey of doing that, you're going to become more of you or you're going to connect with the right people. And those are the things that bring you fulfillment. It's not actually getting the thing, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So lightness, which is the gift hidden in the shadow is really about just taking life less seriously. It's about like just having a little bit more fun with it, not putting so much stock and pressure and expectation in those things that we desire or not having a desire come along and be like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be the thing because we know we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and for. So to have the lightness and fun with it, I think that one of my favorite sayings, I don't remember if my friend or I came up with it or we read it somewhere, but we would say a lot, take life sincerely, but not too seriously. Mm -hmm. And I do tend to sometimes take it too seriously, even when I just know that I can be more lighthearted and humorous about it. And so, yeah, that, that all of this, all of this resonates. And I feel like that is something that everybody can perhaps even relate to, even if you're a stand-up comedian, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It comes back to, if you think you're somebody who's going to like skirt around desire or not have desires, like that is just not gonna fly like you know in, in terms of just it's not true so you know yeah. embracing the fact that you like everyone else are going to be pulled to yearn for something and probably get hurt via that or maybe 
you know, have a thriving moment because of that, but just not allowing there to be so much stock and seriousness in the desires, but more just like see them for what they are. And then you can actually take a step back and again, here's where human design comes in. Use your human design strategy and authority to navigate whether it's a desire you want to pursue, or if it's a desire that you ultimately are like, this is coming from fear. This is not really me. Like I'm going to let it go. Okay. That's the shadow when we like give in and we, to all of them. And so then we're just kind of like, you know, being thrust about by these desire whims that are controlling us rather than us, you know, having that influence and power over it. Absolutely. So then if someone has an emotional authority, how would they approach that? I think emotional authority is, uh, again, since we both have them, it'll be easy to speak to this. So emotional authorities probably have one of the trickier times because since we have to ride an emotional wave before we arrive at our truth on what to do, it can seem a little bit more uh, tricky. And so this is, I'll give like a tangible example. So for example, in my entrepreneurial journey, when I was a little bit in the beginning on ungrounded, like I didn't know too much about all the ins and outs of entrepreneurship. So it was very easy for me to fall victim of all the marketing. That's like, this is what you need to attract more clients, or this is what you need to like hit this, you know, 10 K months or like all that stuff that you hear that you need to do. Yeah. And so the desire for like, what I wanted was just to be at peace. And I wanted to be, if you were were to really boil it down, I just wanted to Mm -hmm. serve. I just wanted to do what I needed to do without having to worry about where it was going to happen or come from. And so in the beginning, I just wanted that. And so all these people were like selling me the promise of that, right? They were like, Oh, if you buy this Instagram course, if you buy this, you know, blah, 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 blah. If you buah this, blah, 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 you are going to find that. And so that Mm -hmm. desire not trusting myself or feeling like I could figure out like how to do that or that I had the resources, I was being pulled to sort of, oh, okay, this course is going to be it. I take the course, I'd implement it, wasn't it? Oh, this course is going to be it. And so, so much money and time and energy was just poured into this shadow of always thinking that the thing was going to be on the other mm-hmm. side. And um, that pull, and so basically what I want to say is as an emotional authority, these mistakes, I would say, and you know, they're always, they're not mistakes, right? They're, they're learning lessons, Lessons. these moments moments where I gave into something out of desire, not out of alignment as an emotional authority were when I made decisions in the moment. And that's Mm. something that we know Mm. as emotional authorities, we are not supposed to do because take your time. Yeah. You don't want to make a decision (laughs) in the height of like an emotional experience. So especially emotional authorities with this gene key, you definitely want to feel the desire, feel the high of the desire, feel the low of not maybe having the desire come to a place of neutral because then you can properly go, all right, I'm going to let this go. This isn't really for me. Or yeah, you know what? This feels really, really good. And make that place from a grounded sense of certainty. Mm. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. I know when I tend to just eruptly or impulsively pursue whatever it is in the long run it doesn't always work out the way I wanted it to you know and then I'm also or or it might work out but I realized I didn't want it and so yeah it's so important to take your time with things yeah exactly and and so finally just to bridge the connection like you can see how the um, shadow of half-heartedness and the shadow of desire can go hand in hand because imagine if you're constantly being pulled by desire you're never really going to be giving yourself wholeheartedly 
it's going to be hard to give yourself wholeheartedly something. Yeah. So it kind of breeds half-hearted action. Absolutely. And then if you are embodying um, a sense of lightness and you're, and you're kind of being more discerning about where you put your energy, that then your commitments actually are aligned. Your commitments are then going to be pure and, and um, going to bring you that sense of just joy and, and fulfillment. So they go hand in hand very easily. Yes, absolutely. Ugh. What was that one called again? So that was your evolution. Uh, evolution. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. That, that just basically, basically means that this, this pattern is going to be something that's just going to keep um, teaching you what you need to learn. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I'll, I'll witness it show up. I'll just be more aware. Yes. <laughs> um, you ready for the last two? I absolutely am. I'm kind of nervous, but I absolutely am. No, I actually am obsessed with the pairing of these last two gene keys. These, okay. Um, I, yeah, no, neither of these are in my profile per se, but I love them. And this is like the beauty of exploring all of the keys because you'll find ones that really speak to you, even if it's not necessarily yeah. in your chart. Right. Um, so you have your radiance is the next one. This is the one I was speaking to about before for me. Yeah. So your radiance gene key is all about what dynamic is going to either undermine or promote your health, your vitality, your radiance. Um, yes. So yours is the eighth gene key. And this is the, the theme of sacred individuality. So it's the shadow of mediocrity and the gift of style. So those are your two words. And the shadow of mediocrity is really um, all about the fact that mediocrity is the result of growing up in a world that encourages sameness over individuality at the end of the day. We came from an evolutionary need to like control people, to like be civilized and have society like work the way it needed to work. And so we have school systems and all these things in place that are like, no, no, don't go too far outside of the line, right? Like look like this, do this, like generally speaking. Um, and you the know. song, did you, have you ever seen weeds? Weeds? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. never mind. But there's a song where they start with little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made of ticky tacky, little boxes on the hillside. And they all look just the same. There's a green one and a blue one, but it basically it's like the people they're growing up to be the same, you know, to either be a doctor or a lawyer and get married at the age of 22 and then have their babies. And a lot of my, most of my family has had that experience, but I mean, that experience is for them, but I know it's not for me, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Um, <laughs> and it's, and not, it's not that my experience is better or theirs is, it's just what is. No, totally. And that's the thing is I'm making like a sweep sweeping generalization right now that like our society generally encourages sameness. Cause like at its fundamental yeah. core, that's what it's trying to do that from, again, like I said, our evolutionary perspective that we needed to kind of control people <laughs> because we couldn't mm-hmm. all just be like running around with no order, um, you know, in order to, thrive according to the way our civilization came up. So, um, so yeah, like mediocrity is this like shadowy breeded, like the shadowy frequency that just exists and is pervasive because it's this deep conditioning that we're programmed to have, which is the fear of being different. Like, Hmm. 
we mm-hmm. like, we have this fear of, of being different, of being seen as different. I mean, think about our evolutionary and biological mm-hmm. need to connect and to relate and to um, not be rejected, right? We Absolutely. try so hard not to be rejected. Absolutely. Well, and that really, really applied in my younger years because I, I mean, I know everybody has their bullied story when they were a kid, you know, but as somebody who just didn't really have friends, I really tried hard to everything I could to fit in where I'd even buy the expensive jeans or whatever it was just to literally look like everybody else and make friends. And so now too, I can see how it applies. Yeah. And and that's the thing too, is even before maybe you were aware, like you'll, you'll, when you contemplate these words, you'll, you'll see themes of them, like even when yes. you were younger. Um, yeah. Sure. Cause it's, it was a part of you, but yeah, no, this is, this is really that um dynamic where you fear being different. You fear being stepped, you know, stepping outside the lines and being unique because we're kind of taught that it's scary to do that and that it's risky to do that. And so really what's super interesting about like this mediocrity shadow is that it's like one of the most like deep rooted, I guess, deep seated fear responses of the shadow is actually the fear of success. Yeah. 1000%. I've said this so many times because it's something that I meditated on because I learned this in my meditation is that I have a fear of success. I've been working with it. Yeah. Wow. I I love when those moments of synchronicity or like alignment show up um, because that is embedded into your, into your code where at the shadow level, yeah, there's this deeper fear of success because we know, or we learn that we need to compromise, not because we actually fear we'll fail, but because we know that in order to succeed, we'll have to rebel against some of what, if not all of what society has told us to be and what its expectations of us are. Yep. Right. Yep. And it can even be a society that is a rebellious society in and of itself, like even the spiritual communities outside of the normal society. But there are things where I'm witnessing now scary to share this, but I've been slowly sharing, like planting seeds, what resonates now, what doesn't like I told you, I'm more into grounded spirituality, like what we're talking about, the stuff that really helps the human um, versus And it's scary for me to even say right now, but there are, let's just say there are a lot of things that I no longer, that I, that I feel like I've woken up from a hypnosis of, and it's not human design and it's not gene keys. It's not astrology. I actually do deeply resonate with a lot of that because it is a grounding experience. What I just care about is what's going to help to heal the human. That's it. Period. Amen. And a story. And so, (laughs) you know, and, and whatever does that is basically, but then there are glamorized spirituality in a way that it no longer feels like it's really connected and it's just more information outside of us. If that makes sense. Yeah, it a hundred percent does. Yeah. No, I'm glad you, thank you for sharing that. I'll never call out people. I'll never. So I've been sharing a lot about the art of discernment. So instead people can see it for themselves and I don't have to call out what I see. Cause also it's my own illusion as well, you know? So maybe because I don't see it doesn't mean it's true. Such an empowered response. And I, I really you know, honor that perspective too, right? Because it's like that your way that you are waking up to whatever you're waking up to right now and the way you're seeing things is so deeply true, like in your phase of your journey and and what you see that you should feel free to live in alignment with that. And at the same time, not necessarily feel that pressure to have to declare that it is the truth or that you'll have to feel that exact same way, but you also don't need to like pretend like you don't feel that either in your, in your own journey. Thank you. (laughs) 
You're welcome. It takes a lot of courage to say that, even if it's not outright, I think even just saying that you're, you're grappling with this, that you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. going to the very natural human experience of this exact shadow, which is like that line of being like, Ooh, like, can I, can I just stand freely in what this gift is, which is style, which is like individual, like that individualized embodiment of a different perspective that may rat- shake some boats or may like, you yeah. know, cause some rejection. Um, mm-hmm. Can I do that without feeling like I need to serve what's like be a cog in the wheel of what's already happening oh my god exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah so thank you for sharing that and yeah I think um it's it's what you're speaking to right here and I think one of my favorite quotes from the book if I recall correctly around this gene key even is that um expressing your true nature far outweighs the repercussions absolutely if I were just continuing to the thing is I've never been able to fake what I don't believe in and I think that's one of the things yeah because it's I well I have done that before in life and it's it puts weight on my heart it makes everything a lot harder in life so yeah there's no reason to are you an Enneagram one by any chance this is why I have a hard time with Enneagram because I'm like I resonate with one I resonate with (laughs) two I resonate with four but every time I take it I even took the one where you pay for it I get a seven which I also resonate with there's a reason why I've used to travel the world solo for so many years you know like Mm -hmm. so but but I'm not an extrovert so that's why a seven also doesn't fully resonate and I don't always have the FOMO with certain things but I do have FOMO with certain things (laughs) because you're a multi-dimensional being and that's that's exactly my grapple with that system as well a little bit is that I know that it does have way more depth to it that I have yet to explore it is like nine categories at the end of the day and that's so you know we're we're multi-dimensional so it's hard to feel like one completely captures who we are exactly well and and I even had an anagram professional or specialist on anagram Ashton she's amazing sweetheart her insight was very helpful as well because she's like yeah you might resonate with a lot of them but for whatever reason this is usually where you navigate and just can help you see your strengths and weaknesses in that way and I was like okay but I still don't fully know if I'm a seven if that makes sense <laughs> yeah still still discovering totally yeah exactly <laughs> love that yeah yeah I was just curious because when you were speaking to I think one Enneagram ones but obviously like people in general to, like there are people who feel that really strong integrity bone in their body which is like it's this feeling that they like can't not speak, you know, their truth. Like it feels like it's really wearing away at them to live like out of alignment with that. And I think I just really resonate with that a lot. Um, That's an INFP thing also. It's really hard for us to just be something that we're not or to share something that we're not. Yeah, totally. Yep. That's why I was 12 years old when I left my church and the Mormon church. Like it it was just like, if something doesn't resonate, I'm just going to go, you know? Wow. That's so powerful at that age that you felt that and trusted it. Yeah. But my, both my parents, my mom's not super Mormon. She's Mormon, but she's not. And then my dad wasn't Mormon anymore also. So it's like, it wasn't as hard for me, unlike Mm -hmm. others, you know? Totally, totally. Really great that you had those like role models. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, it's so beautiful to see the different ways in which these themes just like weave into our life's journey. It just sounds like this, this theme has been like really present, not succumbing to that mediocrity, which what I didn't say before, but I think is really helpful to understand about this shadow in particular is that, um, 
and again, it goes hand in hand with the shadow of your, your other key that we're about to talk about, which is compromise. And so compromise and um, mediocrity kind of feed into each other where it's just this, this feeling that like, oh, I can't be all that what I want to be or do all that mm-hmm. I want to do, or I can't step outside the line. So I'm just going to settle for this, like, or compromise for this, like middle of the road or what other people want me to be. And so anytime you kind of feel the, that tug of just wanting to make other people feel more comfortable or, you know, dim your light, this shadow is usually at bay. Oh, 1 million percent. And I can fully already see so many areas where I compromise. I settled for a period of time until I couldn't anymore. Wow. I mean, I mean, I'm sure everybody has had that, but yeah, it's like you said, just a louder repeated pattern. Exactly. Exactly. Some people may like hear this and be like, oh yeah, I, I get that, but it may not be as prevalent. Um, right. But yeah, for you, it's, it's this shadow mediocrity and shadow compromise, which I mean, let's just, we can just talk about, we can just talk about them in conjunction with each other. So let's um, do it. The other gene key. So that was your radiance. And then your other gene key that's connected to it is your purpose gene key. And mm-hmm. your purpose gene key is all about who you're here to be and what's going to like most deeply fulfill you. So this pattern is going to be part of what brings you like the deepest level of fulfillment and who you are. And, um, the shadow that'll undermine that or play a role in kind of actually giving you the clues to stepping into the higher gift is compromise. And really when you boil down what compromise is, is it's the byproduct of living without a sense of personal freedom. It's, Mm. it's when we feel like we can't believe in the power of our own uniqueness and individuality. And we feel like we have to compromise on what we naturally feel because we don't fully believe in it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so unfortunately compromise is like the norm for a lot of people on the planet, even if they don't fully realize it, which is like the tricky part. Um, because we just are, it's so embedded in us that we're like, oh, they can be that I can't, or like, you know, we watch so many things about like, oh, this superhero is so profound. Like I can never do something like that, but we like, don't, we learn and grow up with feeling like we have to put dreams on pause or just like postpone. Yeah. Which makes sense as well, given like the fiscal construct of society, we have to be super wary of what we do so we can, you know, pay our bills and put a roof over our head. And yeah, yeah, so I totally understand why people always do feel like they have to settle and compromise, but also I I've definitely done this even in relationships. So this is also interesting. Yeah. 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 Totally. This can be present in relationships as well, where really the energetic behind that again is similar where it's like, um, this feeling of, I have to, or like, I don't believe that maybe I can actually get the thing that I want to get, or I don't believe that Mm -hmm. somebody else will love me for me. Right. There's like this sense of Mm -hmm. fear again, driving the compromise. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to speak for you, but I was engaged for five years. Well, I was engaged for two and a half of those years, but you know, and then later on, I recognized like, okay, this might not be for me. However, I was still, there was a lot of reasons, of course, because he's still like one of the most amazing humans I've ever met. So this was actually nothing on him, but I just knew that I would be settling if I didn't pursue a life for me and like live for me and travel and pursue my own soul's purpose like I just knew that if I were to stay and get married right away and have kids I would be settling in life and so of course eventually one day that 
other self, that other voice gets a little louder. It's like, no, you've just got to, the universe kind of like makes it happen for you. So that, that was like a huge area where I felt like for a long time, I was compromising for his heart, for his sake, his family, my family, and the idea of potentially having like a comfortable future. But that's one of many different experiences. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wow, what a powerful share. And I'm sure you just gave, even though everyone's experience is so different, I'm sure you just gave so many people like that feeling of, of normal, like normalization in that, in that, because I think so many more people go through that than we even realize do. Absolutely. You know? um, this difficulty with, again, breaking away from you know, Hey, this a step-by-step or a linear or like a life that looks like what we are usually brought up for it to look like. And yeah. I don't know, it's like America, um, yes. is, is, you know, it's not bad. Like that's not a wrong choice or a wrong way to do it at all. Um, it's also not for everybody. And I think exactly, I think pulling away from that is a little bit trickier than actually just following it. Right. Because there's, Oh yeah it requires a little bit more courage to listen to your inner voice and to trust literally, I mean, you had to trust in the unknown. You didn't know it would be better or to pull away. Yeah. You yeah. just trusted. It had to be right. And I also didn't even have the languaging or understanding or awareness around that. Cause I was not yet in on this path or understanding this, what a, however the universe was creating this or making it happen. That was the first time I actually could really hear my inner voice whisper. And I finally had my own understanding of that because it was so loud. My gut feeling was just became so strong that I ended up just having to listen. And so no matter what your languaging is or understanding is of how the universe works or you work or your body works, I think that eventually something does hopefully become louder so you can follow that. Mm-hmm. But we're also emotional authority. So it does take time as well. Yeah, yeah. Because you never feel a hundred percent percent exactly one thousand percent I am did not feel 100 <laughs> yeah. percent yeah so it, t- it takes like that extra bit of courage and trust in the unknown because you're like I don't fully know but I just have yeah. to go with it yeah 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 wow. so so powerful and again yeah just such a, a powerful like translation of this into actual a real life scenario and situation where compromise kind of breeds that lower frequency you feel it you feel it in your body you know you're like this is there's something I'm sacrificing here and it and it it usually never actually has to do with the other person or the other thing no so much to do with you exactly and where maybe the universe wants to take you yeah I don't want to voice it right now but there is something where I feel a compromise right now and so I just have to continue listen to like you know see where it is and yeah who knows where that's going to lead but that is an interesting, it is an interesting pattern. Yeah. Well, just to provide some maybe sustenance or nourishment as you're going through that contemplation of it, um, the gift hidden within compromise is competence. And it's not mm. necessarily exactly how we in America view that word or around the world view that word. Um, competence as a gift is really about, it's the quality that accompanies a person when they're doing what they love to be doing competence is that easy breezy and I I mean your two four profile feeds into this really well too in human design but it's competence is that like just ease and effortlessness and just like flow when you're actually in your zone of genius Mm -hmm. Um, and so on the flip side of compromise um, is actually just like being 
in that, or I guess just trusting like where doing what you love is going to take you and what doing what you, where you, what you love is going to lead you. Again, it sounds very career oriented, but it can be in leisure activities. It can be in relationships. When you actually follow just what lights you up, you're going to run into the people you're meant to run into. You're going to make the connections you're meant to connect, uh, make, mm-hmm. and you're going to like naturally find where you're, need to, you're meant to go. But it's like this, you know, when you just see people who are or you hear of people when they talk about what they do, or when you see them do it, um, they just are so like in their zone. Absolutely. You know? That high state, that zone. Yeah. You can just tell, cause it, it just seems like they're continuing to thrive in whatever it is, whether it's in their own world and it's not, cause right now everything's so public on social media, but I also know people that are thriving. They don't really have social media or whatever, but they're just so happy and content and thriving in that space. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, that is the expression of competence. It's like seeing Mm -hmm. genius in action. It's seeing just somebody like be themselves and because they're simply being themselves and because they're simply following what they love to do, they naturally empower others. So you actually have a gift because this is your gift as your purpose. Mm -hmm. You have like a natural competence to um, empower other people, not because Mm -hmm. you're trying to empower other people, quote unquote, but because you are just, it's a natural byproduct of what you do. All right. (laughs) all right (laughs) you're already on that path with what you do in the podcast obviously so it's great yeah and this podcast is everything I think that where I do compromise is the fact that I'm such as I'm a solopreneur so I just for whatever reason I don't have anybody like as an assistant or whatever though you know I've had all the signs in the world to finally do it for whatever reason I haven't taken the plunge I don't know why maybe it's like this fear of okay well now somebody's I'm going to be responsible for somebody's financial well-being and that's scary, you know? Yeah, no, it's, that's a big step. I mean, as like simple as it seems like, yeah, there's, there's more energetically to that connection and that exchange. So it's that trust that wherever you're headed with this or wherever you see this going for yourself that, you know, just so, just so clearly knowing like what, what is your zone of competence and how can somebody just come in to do their thing that would just like enhance you to stay in that, in that zone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And just do my, I thrive at not the admin work. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Especially as an INFP, especially as somebody who's like visionary oriented and, you know, has more of that like wind kind of like, you know, vibe of like the nature elements within them. I think it's hard to kind of ground into the, the admin, the logistics, the details. Um, for sure. I actually, and I, because perhaps of my history with jobs or whatever I actually can do admin stuff just fine but it's not like it's something I resisted I'll procrastinate forever because I just don't want to do it you know yeah no you're it's like you are I almost want to say competent but that's not really the use of it in the jinkies but (laughs) you're competent in a way as we think about it in in right but it's like not necessarily your like expressed competence exactly exactly you are competent in the expression like you said because it's just something that that is unfolding organically for you without too much effort right yeah no that that's it it's helpful to like think about it yeah like competence is usually about skills like in the way that we think yes. about it, like oh you you have these skills and you can do it and you can like follow through on this like standard but actually according to this key in this system it's like any anyone at the end of the day could like adopt skills and could master yeah. skills right it's not about the mastery of skills or doing things it's that 
effortless competence that happens when it's just, it's an innate part of what you're doing or how you're showing yeah. up. It's not something that you learned and now you're just doing because you learned it. So there, so there's only four though, right? Or everybody has more. Yeah, those are your, so everyone in everyone's um, activation sequence, like uh, out of the three, there are three different sequences and everyone's activation sequence, everyone has four keys. Those happen to be your four, but everyone can have All a right. combination of four, but everyone has a life's work, an evolution, a radiance, and a purpose gene key. Oh my gosh, this is, everybody's gonna be like, how do I find out mine? You know, like, people are so curious. How do they find out theirs? Yeah, so, I mean, easy. You can um, go to thegenekeys.com slash free dash profile if you just wanna plug in your birth information and just download your um, profile right from there. What's nice is on the browser, he has like an interactive tool so you can kind of like play around with looking at your profile in different ways and kind of taking things out and in to sort of look at it but you can download your profile there just like you could with human design on on other sites um yeah and if you're like oh i want to explore more i want to like learn about this um of course i'll always like say the gene keys book the gene key you know richard Mm -hmm. rudd's programs they're so so wonderful and if you wanted to kind of like hash it out or learn more from a guide. I love supporting people. I was about to say, well, how do people work with you? You know, you're so great at this. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me at, um, chrissypapetti.com. So pretty straightforward there. And you can find me over at chrissypapetti on Instagram, but, um, yeah, if you go to my profile, you'll see a little tab called your genius and there's opportunity to, sign up for a session and there's um, going to be a course and a community coming out soon, just all around Gene So um, if you want to be like first to know about that, sign up for the wait list. Well, that is, I'm so glad you're doing a course in this because it's something that's so unique that, yeah, I'm glad that this is your area, your expertise, and you're going to help so many people. So you have in your mind all 64. Yeah. Well, wow. that, that's actually what got me so into it and why I felt like there was a calling for me to do something more with it because this system is not for the faint of heart, as you can probably imagine. Right. Like it's, it's complex. It's, it's in depth. Yeah. It's yeah. in depth. And each key and each frequency is very in depth. And there's something just about when I started reading it and exploring it, where it just clicked with me, like it just made complete sense in my mind and body. And when I would talk about it with people, I was able to translate it from this like very high level poetic language to something that was really tangible and that you can, I love that. On and you can integrate. And so I was like, I feel like I want to be that vessel. Like I want to bridge that gap between Good. the system and other people using it. Ah, now you're following that calling. I love it. How is this like therapeutic for people? Cause it's so nice to know. It's like, okay, I know this now and I'm, I can now bring this into my awareness when I have those shadow moments or whatever, but how can this help them thrive in life and their career and their relationships and everything else? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it so important to know, you know, such, yes, yeah, such a good question. So Um, you know, kind of bringing it back to shadow work, like when our shadows are at play, but we don't have a name for them, or we don't have a language around them. And they're just kind of at work. um, We, we know that it it influences the reality around us, whether we want it to or not. So we're, we're either like, victims of that happening or we can take back that influence and that power to um, be the ones in in the driver's seat of the situation so I think that this just empowers people to take control and have influence over the patterns that are already present for them and so therefore they're not living a life that is in victim or subject to like 
the circumstances and the happenings around them, but rather they're the ones sort of taking it back. So I think it's really therapeutic in that sense, because not only can you contemplate what's going on, but you have, because of the gift, you have a roadmap out of those lower frequencies. You have uh, like a somewhere to, to move into, you have an actual place to go um, rather than just being like, oh, I was always meant to experience desire. Oh, well, like, you know what I mean? There's like right. a expression to find and um, it gives meaning to the suffering or the challenges or the pain that you're going through. Absolutely. As you're saying this, I don't know why this like came to heart, seems so random, but something you said in there made me realize it gave me that whisper because, you know, you just know you have that gut feeling. And I've just had this gut feeling like, oh, maybe I'm just, I'm not a seven. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, I'd love to be. I wish I was the enthusiast. It makes sense. I am an enthusiast with a lot of things, but I do think that perhaps I'm a one wing two, knowing everything about my gene key. Now I'm like, oh. Also, one thing that Enneagram Ashton did say with the one was that, or I mean, with Enneagram, it's like, which one do you resist the most? It's like, ugh, you don't want that because it kind of shows part of your shadow self. And that's one. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to be the perfectionist, but I know that that's part of the shadow self. So this gene keys thing gave me more clarity of myself in so many ways that I didn't even expect right now wow okay interesting epiphany (laughs) oh yeah I'm I'm so glad and that's what I call um just literally like a dot in your energetic connection you know something just clicked and I love when that happens because it doesn't even need to make full sense but something just snapped into place and I I love it exactly (laughs) oh my gosh exactly exactly oh that this is so great I'm so excited for people to dive more in do you want to do a quick little rapid fire oh yes do you have any other messages before we get into rapid fire oh I I mean I think just the theme of the day, but just to reiterate is really, you have so much more power um, over your circumstances, over your life, over your health, over your well-being, um, than you know, we typically feel like we are led to believe. So if you happen to be in a hard place or going through something challenging and you feel really out of control or you feel like life is happening to you, um, remember that if you really look hard enough, if you really get quiet and with yourself, you, you can start to see those threads of the way life is happening for you and um seeing like those gifts within you know the dark parts but if you're like not even close to acknowledging that that's also okay yeah to trust that you will you will like get to a place of of peace with it all I know you will I know you will <laughs> it's so true though it's so 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 true oh beautiful okay rapid fire I love rapid fire all right <laughs> are you I had to pull up the thing right here okay Coffee or tea? Tea. Really? And here I am with my coffee. I'm such a coffee person. Do you? you... Doesn't drink coffee. (laughs) Well, genuinely envy that. I wish I. I'm. I. I have to admit it. I am addicted to coffee. I am. It's. I know that because the days that I don't have it, I feel like off. I get a little bit of a headache, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want my coffee. But I know that I need a cleanse from it. So yeah. Uh, (laughs) in due time in due time (laughs) in due time your most used emoji Ooh, that is such a good question (laughs) oh you know which one I love that I use all the time is the upside down one the one who's like flipped over oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love that one too I love that one what are you currently reading if anything yeah oh my goodness where is it where is it 
The Divided Mind by Dr. John Sarno. I like forgot the name for a second, but it's all about like just further in his work about mind body connection and just the root again of like pain or, or distress in the body. And I, it's just so weird, but I like love reading about this stuff. <laughs> and that, that definitely sounds like something you'd love for sure. <laughs> Your favorite era of music. I am like such a, I don't know if it's like era, but I guess more like genre, but I love Motown music. I can listen really? to that stuff all. I love day. Motown. <laughs> yes. It's so good. It gets you dancing, you know? It's true. It, it's for everybody as well. That's one thing I love about it. Favorite beverage? My favorite beverage is, okay. You know, I know these aren't everywhere, but you know the Buy Drinks, B-A-I? Yeah. The, wait, are those little uh, sparkly sodas? No, 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 no. I know what they are. They're in a, t- a thin white can. <laughs> and they're fruit juice, but with sparkling water, right? Yeah. So they have like a sparkling one and then they have a just still version. Um, okay. They have like all sorts of flavors and they're, um, they have a little fruit juice, but they are like sweet with stevia and, you know, they're, they're fairly, you know, locale, whatever, but it doesn't right. really matter. I'm just obsessed with them because I drink 70 million more times water when I just put like a flash of that. Like I don't even drink the whole container. I just put a flash in my water and I'm just able to drink it so much faster, so much more easily. And so it's like my thing. (laughs) Cause it's like a little bit of flavor. I love that. That's brilliant. That's so brilliant. How about breakfast? Ooh, um, I am really into like, this is just kind of boring, but I'm really into (laughs) these days. Like eggs and avocado toast it's just so filling and good why did I know you're gonna say that as like she seems so like an egg and avocado toast person I <laughs> it's so I was like she's either gonna say a bowl or eggs and avocado toast that's oh so funny. my god I know so standard right but that's, <laughs> that's the go-to <laughs> you have a guilty pleasure yeah exactly no I mean that's that's the next question do you oh, have a guilty pleasure? oh do I I thought you were saying that was I was like kind of um that's <laughs> nothing to be guilty about yeah, yeah so guilty pleasure um no see so this is where like I'm just so weird so I don't like I don't like coffee I don't like chocolate that's another weird thing um so I'm trying to think like that's the usual standard one but I guess like okay so this is like probably weird to say but I'll just say you're an INFP it's okay <laughs> so I have a little bit of like a kid at heart thing, which I don't even know if it's full kid at heart, but I love the way that Disney movies mirror such profound like life lessons. And so I find so much resonance and like peace when I have, and I'm talking about like more modern day stuff, right? So like, I mean, Moana, Zootopia, I mean, don't get me started on the Frozens, right? Like I just, it's, it's kind of a guilty pleasure because it's like, whenever I feel like I just need that simplicity, but also that sort of like comfort, it's less like kiddish. And it's more like, I just feel so moved by these movies. 100%. My family and I just watched Soul last night. Oh, so good. So, so good. good. I love, love, love Disney movies. And I think tonight we're going to watch actually not a Pixar or a cartoon, but I think we're going to watch Iron Man or something. Cause I love Marvel as well. Um, hey, yeah. Don't <laughs> knock it at all. I think there's 
something to find in these movies. And I think that, um, Oh, absolutely. Love how they mirror like greater life lessons. Well, that's why they're so brilliant. They take, they have so many writers, but they take years to write these scripts and perfect the messaging and everything behind it. Like year, I think it's about half a decade or something. It's wild. Soul came out this year during the pandemic when people probably needed it most, even though it, it had been, I think it took th- three years or something to write it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so interesting. Yeah, wow. it really is. So you were gifted, the universe gifted you the opportunity to share one message across across billboards in major cities all around the world. What would your message read? It would say, you are the one you've been waiting for. Mm. I love that. People, <laughs> people who are listening to this right now are laughing because that absolutely definitely is a Frozen inspired com- uh, lyric. But <laughs> um, I just, I love it so much because it comes back to that whole idea that when you're searching for something, when you're looking for something outside of yourself to find wholeness, to fill a void, to, you know, feel happier, whatever it is, it's like, you are really the source of that and not in like a cheesy way, but just more like, that's going to be where you need to start to find it. So I love that quote. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And then kids will love it, look up and love it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then this is the last question I ask all the year, oh, magic guests. How would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? I would advise to really commit a practice, um, time, energy, devotion to self-discovery. And it doesn't have to be the gene keys. It doesn't have to be human design. But I think nothing really is more powerful than getting to really intimately start to know you and and start paying attention to that body, yes or no, when it Mm -hmm. comes to really feeling into what is for you. So then you can actually start to shed away the things that aren't. So if you can make space, make time, put energy toward that, that will produce a ripple effect, no doubt in your life. I love that you shared this and throughout the episode as well, I just have to say, like, I want to honor you for being just so genuine without the agenda that you're only agenda was a deep honesty with people to help them. Um, a lot of times people come on and I just feel like it's so promote Uh, but this was like one episode where I just could, I can sense like you would just genuinely care about how people receive this information without you deeply promoting you. Does that make sense? And so I want to thank you for that. (laughs) Well, thank you for saying that. That means a lot. And um, I'm so glad that that energy is being translated because I, I I genuinely can talk about this all day, but purely because I think it's one of the most empowering conversations to have around just exploring who you are in, in so many different ways. I've absolutely loved this conversation. Like, I'm so excited for people to hear it. I can't wait. I seriously can't wait. And I'm so thankful that we connected. You are more than welcome on any time. In fact, I'll probably want you on again for a part two with Gene Keys, if that's okay. Yes. Anytime. (laughs) This was so fun. Thank you for the reading as well and your time. And uh, I appreciate you so much. Yeah, thank you, Raquel. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls 
on the Euro Magic Facebook group, especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day.